you think it is? Flat, black, plastic, vinyl, records, round, played, mixed. All for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scotto Walker. Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mutiny Cafe. Welcome for what is going to be an event, Bike Laugh Heal. Is the event tonight, Bike Laugh Heal, and the host, the MC tonight will be Myra. Down here at Mutiny Radio, we want to make sure that you go to mutinyradio.fm. Make sure you scroll to the bottom of that page and you look at the calendars of the shows that we have. Maybe there's a spot that you would like to go ahead and book your event. If so, please contact us. Once again, that's mutinyradio.fm. And let's get ready for our show. FM. Once again, that's MutinyRadio.fm. MutinyRadio.fm. I'm the board man tonight. My name is Clem. You can join me starting November 1st, 8 to 10 p.m. That's right. November 1st, every Thursday night, 8 to 10 p.m. And I'll be bringing you on a show called Beyond Our Comprehension. That's right. Beyond Our Comprehension. And that show will be talking about everything that you can guess is beyond our comprehension. So we really, really hope that you'll join us. That's Thursday, 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now, if you've got a special event that you may want to host or have here at Mutiny 
Radio. Then go to mutinyradio.fm. That's right. Go to mutinyradio.fm. Scroll to the contacts and just send a brief contact out there. You got fingers. You know how to do it because you found the contacts. That's right. And then go ahead and find a time slot that you want. Book your event. We can walk it through all the way and get somebody just like me to help run that board. MutinyRadio.fm. And don't forget, spread the word. We've got the comedy festival going on, and we're taking uh, next year, and we're taking sponsors. So please, if you would like to be a sponsor at the comedy festival, make sure you go to mutinyradio.fm and send a link out. Send a jot out and say, hey, I like comedy. I love to laugh. Let me go ahead and sponsor this comedy festival. Tonight here at Mutiny Radio, tonight we, from 8 to 10, we have Bike Laugh Heal. That's right, it's Bike Laugh Heal's comedy show going on. If you are in San Francisco, why don't you stop on by at Mutiny Radio and come see some comedy going on. Bike Laugh Heal. We can't wait. Have you always wanted to get out there and get on mic? Have you ever wanted to write something and do some comedy? Do you know that you don't have to have that fear of getting on the stage your first time without some help? Absolutely not. You can come Mondays here from 6 to 8 p.m. to the Comedy Joke Workshop where you can get good feedback from local comments in this area and you know what they always sandwich their criticism with love and respect that's right write down what you think come here do a set get some criticism and make that joke better What are you doing Friday, San Francisco? What are you doing Friday after you have that meal? You know, you don't want to drive somewhere out into the bay. You want to just park that car. You want to see if you can get an Uber. You want to go out to eat, and you want to bring your loved one. By Mutiny Radio, that's right, Fridays from 8 to 11. It is Pamtastic's Comedy Festival. You need to hear some fantastic comics in the area. And you know what? What better arousal is there than having a laugh before you go home with your loved one. That's right. Endorphins are relief from laughter. Did you know that? Well, you do now.
Do you need proof that you can come here on Monday and get some help on your jokes? I couldn't even speak before I got here. And look at me now. Space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to Tim'sTesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... The 
let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen. By uh, here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for... <laughs> it's in duty, this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen Summer Cottage on the Mountain Ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday 8 to 10 down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. <laughs> Exciting for you, Mutiny Radio listener. There are six new shows here at MutinyRadio.fm. Monday nights at 10 o'clock, it's time for free phone sex. 415-550-0511. Yes, call in for free phone sex. You will be recorded. It is a podcast, but will that phone sex be free? Absolutely. 10 a.m. Mondays, it's time for Everyday Conversations on Race with Everyday People. With Sima Lieberman, Everyday People, talking about race every week. Different Everyday People, talking about race. On Tuesdays, 10 o'clock, it's Spiritual Psychology with Renee McKenna. Meditate. San Francisco, what are you doing? San Francisco, what are you doing out there? What are you doing in your house? You should be here at Mutiny Radio. That's right. Here. Mutiny Radio for a comedy night. Come on. Bring what you have in your change jar. I don't care if it's in a mason jar. I don't care if you've got to put that in a plastic bag. Whatever you got, you bring whatever change down is to Mutiny. And you welcome a fellow comic from New York City. That's right. Tonight, Myra's going to go on stage. And she's from New York City. San Francisco, can you come out from out of your hermit houses and come down to Mutiny Radio and share some of the San Francisco love for New York? You can have one, too. Contact director at mutinyradio.fm to find out more details. And check us out at mutinyradio.fm. Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th, 2019. 
for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual, and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian Haight-Ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics gotta hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening. You know what's so great, San Francisco, is living in San Francisco. And all of you that are living in San Francisco, why are you inside right now? I know you're listening to Mutiny Radio FM. I know you're listening to Mutiny Radio FM. That great music that you usually have from 8 to 10 on Thursdays. And it's going to be interrupted. That's right. It's going to be interrupted starting November 1st. 
from 8 to 10 p.m. It's called Beyond Our Comprehension. That's right. Clem, your host of Beyond Our Comprehension from 8 to 10 p.m. Now, since that's got you awake, you're not studying anymore. You need a break. Get down here to Mutiny Radio. You know, you could just put, say, Siri, Mutiny Radio Cafe. And it's like probably a three-minute walk, a five-minute walk. What is that? You can get here within 10 minutes for tonight's comedy showcase. Bike, laugh, heal. That's right. Tonight, bike, laugh, heal. Myra will be your host, a comic, fellow comic from New York, San Francisco. Why are you inside and not here at Mutiny Radio? Come on, bring whatever little change you have, put it in a plastic bag, bring it on down, and donate for their fundraiser tonight. You know, you still got nine minutes left. And even if you got nine minutes left, you know you can probably make it here in four. And if you make it here in four, then you know you can spend at least one more minute going through the sofa. That's right. You can go one more minute through the sofa. You can dig, flip the bed over, flip the couches Flip everything in the house. Look for a penny. Look for a dime. Look for a nickel. Whatever you got. If you can't find any change, then we'll take what crinkles. Come on down to Mutiny Radio right now for that show that starts at 8.30. Bike Laugh Heal. That's right. It's Bike Laugh Heal with your host, Myra. Comic from New York. Come, San Francisco. Show your love and bring something down to help donate for their fundraiser. artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast, that is flat black plastic. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Hello there, 
my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for... <laughs> it's in duty, this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge with the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. (laughs) How exciting for you, Mutiny Radio listener. There are six new shows here at MutinyRadio.fm. Monday nights at 10 o'clock, it's time for free phone sex. 415-550-0511. Yes, call in for free phone sex. You will be recorded. It is a podcast, but will that phone sex be free? Absolutely. 10 a.m. Mondays, it's time for Everyday Conversations on Race with Everyday People. With Sima Lieberman, Everyday People, talking about race every week. Different everyday people talking about race on Tuesdays, 10 o'clock. It's spiritual psychology with Renee McKenna. Meditate, it'll heal you. Then at noon, stick around. Sergio Novoa brings you my limited view, talking about all things from his perspective. Then on Thursdays from 8 to 10. It's time for Beyond Your Comprehension with Clem. Exciting new shows here at Mutiny Radio. Also the IC Podcast. That's the Imprint City Podcast coming soon. MutinyRadio.fm. New shows. You can have one too. Contact director at MutinyRadio.fm to find out more details. Check us out at mutinyradio.fm. Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th. 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual, and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. (laughs) 
Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian Haight-Ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics gotta hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming. All right, San Francisco, what have you been waiting for here Thursday night? We've been waiting for bike Laugh Heal. Your MC tonight is going to be Myra, and Myra is ready to go now. Let's see. <laughs> Every show that we did, all the ticket proceeds went to the local domestic violence shelter. Uh, so thank you guys for being a part of this. Thank you all for that. Um, yeah, so I am Mara Merrick, and I am also the host of uh, Happy Never After podcast. So if you guys need to know anything about 
divorce or breakups. I'm your girl. Uh, I've done it a few times. It's a hobby uh, <laughs> at this point. So <laughs> when I was putting together this show, I, uh, uh, I text my sister and I was like, yo, uh, I'm going to do this, right? I'm going to go across the country on the on my bike. Can, do you want to come with me for a while? And she, she was like, yeah, I can come with you for a lot of it. Because um, I quit my job. I've made enough money. <laughs> right? Right? What a cunt, huh? Uh, <laughs> right? That's horrible. She's 40. She has two beautiful children. Do we really need this, Mike? Uh, she, she has two beautiful children. She's been married for 18 years. And uh, to the same guy, like... It's incredible. I'm like sleep around already, right? Like mix it up. Uh, yeah, and she's uh, she has her PhD from MIT. I know. I have a camel tattoo on my toe. So <laughs> it's like we're on the same journey, guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, when, when I told my mom about my camel toe tattoo, I like I was like, Mom, I have a camel tattoo on my toe, and I'm from Michigan originally. And she was like. Mm-mm. And I was like, you know, camel toe. And she was like, I don't get it. And <laughs> I was like, you know, when your pants are like super tight and you're like, it's like, you know, like, like the Lord's like, put it away. And you're like, no, I'm going to outline it. You know, like, <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, mine would be an elephant. So I haven't talked to her since. I haven't. She is the worst. She did help me out. Like, uh, when I got my first divorce, um, I have had three. Um, she did help me out, like, with the Lord. Uh, she's very Catholic. And she, like, um, Catholics are great because you don't actually have to read the Bible. You know, it's a uh, very convenient religion. Uh, there's snacks and you leave quickly. Um, that's the best part. So <laughs> she, does, she doesn't read the Bible, so she doesn't know it. <laughs> she would just make stuff up all the time. I'm like, yo, I, you know, we fought all the time. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. The Lord got mad too, you know? <laughs> he did. He, there was a market and there was a sale and he went in there and uh, they didn't have what he wanted. So he threw all the tables. He stabbed a guy and that's why there was only one set of footprints. I was like, I don't think that's how that poem goes. Uh, <laughs> Mom. Oh, God. It is the worst accent. You guys don't ever. It's like a mishmash here, right? I live in New York City. So it's pretty much the same. You guys are the New York City of this side don't you think there's like a lot of different accents here but pretty much you guys don't have one i mean you guys say what hella you say hella a lot we don't really, there's a lot of that i don't know why uh i don't know what it means um i have an idea but we like michigan you would never that's not a sexy accent like at all like the only time i've ever used it was when i want a guy to go away from me because like the other day this guy goes can i get you can i buy you a drink and i was like yeah can you get me a bottle of water and he's like oh my god like you could hear his genitals go back into his body it was insane i was like sorry about your future uh you won't have any children um yeah it's crazy are you are you married in a relationship connor no you've never have you been married before no. i know i'm from venmo um <laughs> we, we go way back are you dating do you date no. i date but i'm not dating now why what happened who hurt you <laughs> are you guys together We are. that's how long have you two been together Too 
sort of leaning towards each other. So there's like still hope. Um, so you're not going to do like the whole marriage thing. You're just going to keep kicking it this way. I think it's, yeah, it's, that's great. I'm trying to figure this out. You know, like I always go straight for marriage. I'm like, let's do this, you know, cause bye Kaiser. Uh, <laughs> Hi guys. Come on in. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> have a seat we just started so it's all good welcome to the have you are you guys married are you two married yes. you are you wish you were married do you need health insurance what's exactly. good <laughs> that's the only reason why i got married the last time i was like fuck this i need health insurance <laughs> sorry we're just i've been married a lot and we're just talking about it who else has been are you married no, no? have you been married have you been in a re- are you in a relationship? Oh God, God bless you. What about you? Same married? We not married. Not married in a relationship? For two weeks. You. <laughs> Whoa! Hell yeah! <laughs> Have you boned yet? Yeah. Hell yeah! Oh, you bash, gash bash. Nice. I like it. <laughs> oh God. Um. Does that happen quick in the in the gay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like run at me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that'd be so much better. Dating a dude is the worst. Like dating dudes is the worst. Uh, they are the worst. I mean, they're good for like food. You know, that's about it. That's why I date. Uh, you know this, Johnny. You know this. I drain men uh, of meals. I it's. I went out with a guy seven times. Seven times. And he didn't kiss me. Not a small of the back. Not a handhold. Nothing. Not a thing. You might have known him, Brianna. Uh, I, at one point, I sat on his hand. I was like, just move it around, right? Like, just make me feel better about anything. Oh God, nothing. So on the eighth date, he's like, I'm going to make you dinner at home. I was like, sweet. Uh, I'm going to take advantage of you. Uh, <laughs> no witnesses. And so I showed up to his house and he had four bottles of wine chilling on the counter. And I was like, that's awesome. Cause have you ever had sober sex, Connor? It is horrifying <laughs> for us women. It's horrifying. Like <laughs> you don't know you're lucky you get to. Yeah. Cause it, it comes at you and half of it's still stuck to their leg. And you're like, why is this? What happened? Uh, <laughs> It's it's uh, real clammy, right? You know what I'm talking about. It's very salty. It's like one of those community bowl of nuts, you know, and everybody's hands has been in. You're like, I'm so thirsty, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so he's got the four bottles of wine showing on the counter, and he makes me this salmon and mango salsa dinner, and I was like, awesome, you know, beautiful. But afterwards, he goes, let's retire to the living room. I know. I was like, ooh, this is going to be passionate. <laughs> Who says that? And I was like, let's just skip that, right? Let's just let's just go to the bedroom, right? Uh, do you guys want the, the real dirty version or do you want... Okay, all right. Well, we to, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's so early for this, but all right, let's do it. So um, we go to the bedroom and he starts to take my clothes off like I'm a five-year-old. Like he took off my belt off my jeans. Like, have you ever taken your belt off your jeans? No, like we don't wash our jeans. Like that's not like once you wash and dry your jeans, you don't get them back on. Right. So it's like we just don't. So uh, he goes to take my belt off and I was like, OK, brace yourself. And then uh, he goes to take off my tank top and I had eaten on the way, you know, because you want to be one of those like 
dainty girls it's like oh two bites i'm so full you know like one of those cunts i hate him so much like i just i could house their entire fridge you know what i mean uh but instead you have to spend 15 dollars on two burgers on the way you know and he's like you have so many crumbs on you and i was like it was a burger keep going like focus focus andy uh so then he gets my tank top off and then he goes for the pants, but I was so sweaty from drinking and I, they, were, they were so tight that my whole body was just like doing this number and I was like, stay sexy, stay sexy. Then he gets me all the way undressed and he just moves me to the side of the bed and he leaves me there. Yep. And uh, goes back to the bed and starts folding down the blankets one by one. Yep. It was like 10 degrees in the room. It was... Have you ever been in this situation? It is horrific, right? Ugh. So we finally, he finally lays me down and it is horrible. It's the worst experience. Like at one point he was chewing on this part of my cheek and I was like, why are you chewing? And you know when you're staring at the ceiling going, I need milk, I need like coffee. <laughs> you know the, you're like, I'm missing all the Bravo shows. Like what for this, you know what I mean? Housewives, there's so many, you gotta stay on top of it. So. <laughs> He's doing, and I finally, I just grab him by the shoulders and I flip him over and, uh, cause I work out, you know, and, um, I start giving him a blow job. It's like, I want this to be over. We've all been there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, how, like mango, we had salmon and mangoes and you know how the people are like, oh, you should have, <laughs> like, you should always have citrus, you know, is that like, t- they say, write that in GQ a lot, right? You know, well, this guy had like a diet, I think, of only aged cheese. You know, like it was just like all old. Yeah. And then when the doctor's like, hydrate, he was like, well, there's already water in the cheese, so I'll just drink that. You know, like that kind of diet. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, Pat. Uh, when, when it hit the back of my throat, it tasted so bad so bad that I immediately threw up on him I know but he he was I was so drunk and he was such a clean freak that I went ahead and just ate it all right back up (laughs) I married him I married that guy Uh, (laughs) the long game works the long game works god <laughs> first guy i married i was 19 and a virgin yeah and he was 52 yeah and uh i know he was like super talented because uh, he was like really chubby and a cokehead you know and i was like how does he do it all you know <laughs> he was also my boss god and i how is dating here is it rough is it good pat do you date here you don't date? No. Are you in a relationship? No. No, you're just like, fuck it? I guess so. Okay, good. <laughs> How's dating here? How's dating? You're a comic. I've lost interest. Yeah. God. Do you guys, do you still bone? Things? <laughs> All right, cool. All right. I like it. 
It's tough. In New York, it's crazy. I was listening to these two like 50-year-old women and they were talking to each other and the one girl goes, uh, girl, we're women. Fuck my life. Uh, why do we do that? We always call them girls. We don't call men boys. Like, oh, look at the boys. Boys come this way. We always call them men. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm annoyed. Uh, <laughs> so I heard these two women and the one woman said, I just want a guy with a high shoulder walk. I was like, what the fuck is a high shoulder walk, right? Like, that's not what you picked out with your boyfriend, right? What was it? Not that. Not that. <laughs> what, what was it? You were 16? Proximity? Like rode on the bus together and you're like, ah, it works. That's so cute. 16? Get out of here. This is gross. Uh, <laughs> God, remember when you were like a little kid though and you were like, I just want like a Barbie or a Ken. I want him to be like six foot one to six foot one and a half, you know, right in that range. I'm generous, you know. <laughs> I want him to have like a pink house and I want him to buy me a pony. That's like all you want, right? And then you get in your t in your teens and twenties, and you're such an idiot, and you're like, I don't know, I just want him to be like cool, you know. I just want him to be like cool. I want him to have like a guitar on the wall, you know. He doesn't have to play it, you know. Just like, just like cool. And you get this age, and you're like, Do you have running water? <laughs> I'll take you. I'm so desperate. <laughs> oh fuck I hate dating so much I uh I've been uh, anybody been fired in here <laughs> why were you fired um, for being late oh so they just needed a, a, like a reason yeah. and you kept showing up late because you hated it were you self-sabotaging I get it I've been there yeah <laughs> have you been fired no, never? Oh, you're so good. I know you look like you're like really, you're like, I came from work, I'm here. Oh, you're like the best. You're like a role model. Have you been fired? Oh, Jesus. Go out there and live a little bit. <laughs> I've been fired from a lot. I got fired from uh, teaching CCD. Anybody? <laughs> that takes a lot of effort, uh, I know, to get fired from a volunteer job. Uh, I got fired from porn once. I was uh, I was an extra. I wasn't. If you guys watch porn, it was a bistro porn. If you're aficionados, no. Okay, I didn't watch porn either. And I was. My friend was like, "I'm gonna be the star." I was like, "Cool. I'll see one in real life for the first time." How cool is that, right? Cool story. Nope. Uh, <laughs> all I had to do was sit there all day and scroll on a pretend iPad. And uh, I got fired for being too curious. So <laughs> they were like, get out of the scenes. I was like, I just want to be so close. Uh, <laughs> I got fired from bartending a lot. Uh, but the last job, it's always on Bravo. It's like this, the Dream Hotel. And uh, Do you guys have Dream here? No? Don't know? It's, it's like, do you have the Dream Hotel here? No? Oh. They're like everywhere. Uh, but there's like the lines of anorexic women that are outside of them all the time. Yeah, uh, that's what it is. We had to wear like bras and shorts and I would always stand there like, what do you want? <laughs> they hated me too. It was like real weird. But I charged the owner's son. He came in one time to enjoy an evening and I charged the owner's son 460000 instead of 460 Whoo, uh, turns out that's a big deal. So <laughs> it went through. My boss came up and he was like, 
your, your tips are almost 500,000. I was like, yeah, it's a Friday night. <laughs> I got fired. Um, <laughs> bartending sucks in New York City. It's insane. It doesn't make you want to like have any fun when you're not a bartender, when you're like not working. You're like, I never want to be in a bar. Because all these wafy women come in that look like that they eat ice cubes and just take in big gusts of air as their entire diet. You know, like those people, you're like, how much blow are you doing? <laughs> What's your diet? Uh, I need it. <laughs> you know that? God, they're the worst. And they always come up, they cannot read. It's crazy. They're like, um, can you suggestion? You're like, what? Do you have a dick in your mouth? What's going on with your voice? What's happening, right? Like, can you a suggestion because I really want something sweet. They always get really small. You know, I really want something sweet, but also something sour. And I'm lactose intolerant, and I'm trying to stay away from gluten. And I'm a Pisces, um, and I'm also a cunt. So what do you think I should have? I'm like any food product to go out there and eat something. Yeah, God, they're the worst. I did get um, arrested as a bartender once. Uh, I know it takes talent. I um I served a minor. Have you ever been arrested, Connor? Stacy, I know you have been. You are, you are a comic. Uh, we are the worst. Uh, <laughs> no. What about you two? What about dreamy couple? No. God. I'm going to find out your dirty little fetishes. Uh, <laughs> look at your perfect teeth and your adorable. You guys are so cute. I'm going to figure it out. You peg him. All right. So <laughs> Kaiser, have you been arrested? Yes. Why? MIP. What's an MIP? Minor in possession. Oh, okay. Hey, I was your supplier. Yeah. <laughs> So for all for everybody that hasn't been arrested, um, here's what happened. So uh, in New York, anyway, you get arrested and you get processed all together at the end of the police officer shifts. Uh, I got arrested early and they keep the sexes together like separate. So uh, all the women go in one van, all the men go in another. And uh, I was the only female arrestee for uh, a long time. And uh, as they were coming around to like put the handcuffs on me, I had just, one of my bar patrons had just given me two Xanax and I had it in my front pocket. And when you get arrested for serving a minor, uh, it's just a misdemeanor, right? But getting arrested for having non-prescribed narcotics, felony. Yeah. So, uh, as they were walking, as, yeah, as they're walking around the bar, I was like, fuck. So I went and popped both of them. Like I just took both of them. <laughs> I was so chill. It was awesome. Uh, it had fast too. Cause I hadn't eaten. So, uh, like as they're putting the cuffs on, <laughs> they're telling me, they're like, the guy didn't let the guy, the door guy let him in. Uh, he's going to get the ticket. I was like, I am not worried. <laughs> right? I am chill. <laughs> so, so I get in the van. We were, I make fast friends with the police officers. We're chatting. And, uh, and then we, like a few hours later or 10 minutes, who knows? I was, uh, very stoned. Uh, we pick up the only other female arrestee and she was a 17 year old prostitute. I know, but it was our ninth arrest. So I was like, this is awesome because she's going to know all the ins and outs of the system. You know, she's really going to 
be able to tell me what happens and uh and she gets in and she immediately tells me that we're best friends and I was like that's so awesome because it's so hard to make female friends in the city you know <laughs> so I was like yes oh god so we're 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 riding around we're riding around and it's great and she's telling me all about her johns from that night or that week who knows and uh and I was like well I can play along I fucked for a sandwich before we've all been in a dark place and uh and I was like yeah let's share so so we finally get to the station and the van doors pop open and all the lights come on in the van and she goes oh shit you old as hell <laughs> She's like, how the fuck you still hooking? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I know, she thought I was a prostitute. I was like, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> All right, you guys ready to get the show started? Yes. I know, it's already been started. Well, first we're going to have a little uh, special announcement. Uh, so all of the money raised tonight is going to go to the California Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Thank you guys all so much for participating. Uh, Lindsay Lou, uh, one of my good friends, she is an author, a fantastic person, and uh, Divorce, my podcast is about divorce, uh, Happy Never After. It's about getting over breakup, getting on with your life, uh, getting divorced, do it a few times. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to have bring her up and have her explain her book and then uh we will co go back to comedy. Is that cool yeah. hell yes all right so let's put our hands together for my good friend lizzie Liu. i'm like not used to this at all i'm not a comic this is not like my job um but i think i have two things to say the first of which is thank you Tamara for putting this event on. This is incredible that she, one, is biking across the country, and the second thing that she didn't tell, well, not the second thing, but what she didn't tell you is that she's raised over $300,000 um, so far, which is fucking amazing, like amazing. So she's the queen, we all suck, it's cool. Um, but the second thing is that Mara and I have really similar um, ideas of, what is possible for life after divorce. Um, I think that a lot of people think that divorce is a really terrible, awful thing that happens in our lives. Um, but divorce is also this really magical, beautiful thing um, that gives us an opportunity to reset, restart, get in touch with what's like important to us. Um, and I know that when I started to date again after divorce, I felt like I was damaged goods. I felt, you know, all the things that you think you're a terrible person, no one's gonna love you, all that stuff. Um, my husband is actually here tonight, uh, and it totally is possible. I, I think that, um, I just think that divorce actually provides this amazing opportunity to restart and uh, get connected with yourself, and I write all about it in the book. Uh, so if you want it, come through. All proceeds go to help Mara in her quest to take over the world and donate to all the domestic violence victims. But um, I'm super honored to be here. Mara is a really incredible person. And I know just from being in this room that everyone here is incredible too. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for Kevin Liu who married her. Look at that little damaged girl over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, are you guys ready to get this show started? I need way more energy. Are you guys ready for your next comedian? Yeah. Yes, hell yeah. 
Yes. Okay. So the, our next comedian, she is lovely. She has white lace gloves. Uh, she is style. She is grace. She is everything. Uh, let's put our hands together for my good friend, Pat Griffin. I just rushed over from the senior center. Now the, the seniors and the comics all walk around asking the same question. How much time do I have? And I actually, I, I, I wasn't arrested, but I was stopped by a policeman in Pleasanton. I did come back from the comedy college and I ended up, I was, didn't have my own car, but at the BART station, I had a rent-a-car because my Volvo was getting fixed. If you made it turn right, it would lean back, so the seat would go back. Anyway, the Officer Brian stopped me, and apparently the lights were not on on the car. I was driving without lights, and the policeman in Pleasanton drive around looking for old ladies driving without their lights. <laughs> because they've been drinking. <laughs> well, Officer Brian checked me out, and he followed me home. <laughs> so it was not, it, I was totally pleased with that. Uh, now, I know tai, I, we had our Tai Chi class today, and it was uh, in the senior center, right? And by the way, it is a mar martial art. So if you'd like me to escort you to your car tonight, I'd be happy to do it. <laughs> now, I think we've got this as long as the assailant assails in slow motion. <laughs> but then we can, we can handle this. And I don't, I don't know very much about Tai Chi because honorable instructor speaks Mandarin only. <laughs> and they have, this, they have this thing where, now I don't know if you, if you know, but Chinese and French are a lot alike. It's all vowels. It's all vowels coming at you. And if you grunt, you've said something. I don't know what, but you've said something. So anyway, and we have these positions, and there's one position that really, really worries me, and that's called mabu. You spread your legs and you squat. And I worry. <laughs> Because the lady in front of me is doing the exact same thing. Now, what if she has a bottom burp? What if she makes a noise? I'd say she bought a vowel. Now, languages have long been the source of ennui pour moi. Because I was plucked from a school in Berkeley High and placed in a school near Paris. I didn't know a word of French. It was failure. It was failure from 8 in the morning till 5 in the evening when they unlocked the gate and let us go home. I flunked English as a second language. <laughs> they wanted me to translate Shakespeare into French. I couldn't even translate Shakespeare into English. <laughs> It was hard, it was hard. But my, uh, there was a, uh, a new thing about this school. It was an experimental school. They put boys and girls together in the same school for the very first year in France. Well, Madame Lafarge was head of security. 
a formidable woman. She had gray hair, a gray sweater, gray skirt, and she'd perch herself on her gray bicycle behind a bush, like a cop behind a billboard. And she was watching, watching for lovers out there. <laughs> I, I was late for class, so I cut through the forest. I tripped over this couple, just as Madame Lafarge is charging, blowing her whistle. And she screams, menage à trois. <laughs> and I said, was that on my schedule? I, I'll learn, I'll learn. But my French friends named their dog after me, Patsy. Now, think about Patsy. They'd say, tais-toi, Patsy, which means shut up, Patsy. And they'd say, no, Patsy, which means outside, Patsy. So Patsy and I would shut up and go outside. <laughs> I followed her because she understood French. <laughs> now, I learned French the hard way. And tonight, so will you. It's all in the mouth. It's, if this is something, I want you to learn to open your mouth. Your mouth should be open, lips forward, and wet. You know this position. <laughs> OK? Now, think, oh, and don't worry if you spit on people. It's part of the language. So I want you to have your mouth, oh, think something smells bad. Who cut the camembert? That's, think something smells bad, lips forward, mouth open, and wet, and repeat after me, uh! <laughs> You have just mastered 10% of the language. <laughs> now you are ready to go out, tap someone, find a French person, tap him on the shoulder, and ask him. Just say, ooh, and see what happens. <laughs> He'll probably ask you if you're taking Tai Chi. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I, I, what was I talking about? Oh, yes, my, my sweetie. Now here's where, you know, this is, I'm kind of the diversity person here because I was married a very long time. Uh, anyway, I married a Marine. I married him for his body. <laughs> I found out later he could read. <laughs> but the Marine Corps sent him off to war. So, my goodness. They're gone a long time. Celibacy is not what I had in mind. How long does it take to stop communism? <laughs> so he comes back a very light sleeper. And I feel terribly safe because here's a trained killer that I'm sleeping next to, and he wakes up easily. So one night, I'm sound asleep. And suddenly, he leaps out of bed. He pulls on his pants. He runs out, chases somebody over the back fence. And he comes back in, and he said, heart beating, eyes wide, he said, we had a peeping Tom. Oh. He wasn't looking at you. Why not? <laughs> now, a lot of things happened between then and now. And we had, now, we had, let's see, what is I going to say? Oh, yes, the children. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what happened to the children? Oh, yes. 
Today, we are the proud parents of some old people. <laughs> Who knew they'd make adulthood, but they did. And when they reached their 20s, we, when we reached the 20s, I bought the dress. I was ready for a wedding. And I was ready to go at a moment's notice. But then when they reached their 30s, to hell with the dress, I'm looking for a sperm donor. <laughs> I want grandchildren, right? Well, we finally had a wedding, and I was hoping for a nice rabbi, a priest, the Dalai Lama. In the state of California, did you know you can be married by your best friend? No experience necessary. Sign up online for $14.99. But are they really married? I don't care, I wore the dress. It was okay. So now my sweetie and I were, we're just relaxed, at, just the two of us at home. It's very romantic, and we're planning lots of trips. Trips to the cardiologist, <laughs> to the ophthalmologist, and for our bones, we'll visit the paleontologist. <laughs> Kaiser is our travel agent. Where else can you get a room for an hour? With a little bed with stirrups. Uh, but my sweetie fell on his head, unfortunately. Bless his heart. He fell on his head. And since that day, our home has been a revolving door of caregivers from all over the world. All men. Now, <laughs> my sweetie will tell you that he doesn't need a caregiver, but I do. <laughs> there was Francis from Fiji. He was a rugby player. He liked to play on the rug. <laughs> and then there was Saul from Israel. He thought of me as his grandma. Now that's sick. Now that's sick. Wanted me to iron something. I don't know. And then, oh yes, and then my favorite. There was Hercules, a beautiful Kenyan man. Now my sweetie, he will tell you that he is being held under house arrest while I am enjoying my empire of erotic, exotic staff. And he really objected to the 90-minute sponge baths. But I like to be clean. <laughs> Fellas, I've got advice for you. Be nice to her, because someday she's going to be in charge. <laughs> I control the money. I control the pills. One for you, one for me. One, two for you, one, two, three. For me. But best of all, after 50 years of marriage, I control the TV remote. <laughs> Did you?
you can't. All right. Uh, so the next comedian uh, in our lineup, uh, we went out last night to uh, the Sacramento Punchline, and uh, she tried to drink all of the alcohol in Sacramento, and uh, she was almost successful. So... <laughs> And then she took a tumble on the bed. So that is her best credit, and that's what I'm going to give her. Uh, let's put her hands together for my best friend, Stacy Marie Lyons! Thanks, doll. Wait, is this working? Uh, I guess I just can't hear myself. Um, how is everyone? Hi, guys. Thank you for coming. Um, thank you for coming out on a weeknight. I'm sure lots of you guys have families. Does anyone have kids? Does anyone here have kids? Yeah? Oh, I didn't even know that. I know Rachel has kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> My condolences. <laughs> I worked with kids for five years, so obviously I hate kids. <laughs> um, I'm never having kids, and everyone that knows me agrees that that's like the only good decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> um, so obviously I'm very, very adamant when it comes to birth control and I've tried lots of methods, um, but I was even more rigorous while I was still married and he wanted to start having babies and I was like, oh yeah, great idea. And I uh, quickly went to three Planned Parenthoods. I got, uh, I had a different alias at each one and I got on the pill, I got an IUD and I got a patch. Um, yeah, it was a lot. Also, to, uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to be able to, um, to be able to do the trying, I also invented a cocktail that I would have every night, um, to get through it, and it was, um, Diet Dr. Pepper, vodka, and Robitussin, <laughs> which I later learned was sipping on scissor. And I was like, oh my god, there I go again, just being trendy without even trying. <laughs> and uh, one time he, uh, he saw the patch on my ass like months later. He's like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, I got stung by a bee? And he was like, on your ass? I was like, yep, and it takes a year to heal. <laughs> um... Yeah, uh, I don't recommend going on three birth controls at once, so uh, I, I don't do that anymore. Um, after I left my husband, I, I was like, okay, I, I want a non-hormonal birth control. So um, I found something new. I mean, it was new to me, but I found out it had been around for a while. I don't know. Maybe you guys have heard of it. It's called anal? <laughs> yes, yeah. Still getting used to it. Still adjusting. Um... <laughs> that is a joke. I felt like from, uh, I feel like people care so much, like, as women, what we put into our vagina or, like, what comes out of it. Like, I feel like as soon as I got married, like, that day, and for the next four and a half years, everyone kept asking me, like, oh, when are you going to have kids, you know? Like, everyone was just like, are you trying? Are you trying? And I was like, not to kill myself? Yes. <laughs> It's a daily struggle. <laughs> uh, I'm on three birth controls, two antidepressants, and I'm sipping on scissor every night to be able to fuck my husband, so can you help me? But no, they can't because they're parents, so they have like 
a kindergartner sucking on one boob and then like two other kids running around punching them in the crotch screaming and I'm like yeah that's exactly what I need that's that looks great I'm like punch me in the ovary child and uh, I also just think it's such a rude and inappropriate question because there are so many women that for some weird reason want to reproduce but they can't and so it's really insensitive and not very nice um, like how do you know that I'm not barren from having sex with an entire fraternity that one time at Chico State. <laughs> that is a joke. That is that is definitely not real. Um, it was a sorority with a strap on. <laughs> Sisters for life. That is also a joke. I feel like people can't tell when I'm serious or, <laughs> or when I'm joking. It always gets flip-flopped. But um, here's a fact, and this is a fact because I Googled it. There are 153 million orphans in the world. That is true. And how do you think I would feel knowing that because I chose to have a baby that there would then be 153 million and one orphans? <laughs> That's not very nice. Uh, the other day, uh, my friend and I were leaving her apartment complex and uh, we were waiting for the gate to open and this lady comes up to my side, the passenger side, and she like taps on the window, and I'm like, okay, and we, we roll down, or I roll down the window, and this lady's like, she's like crying, she's like really young, like a teenager, and she's crying, I mean, that, that's not funny, but she's holding this picture of a toddler, and she's like, have you guys seen my child? And I'm like, oh God, no, I don't, I look away when I see children, but, um, but my friend hadn't seen her and we're just like, what's going on? And she proceeds to tell us that, uh, her baby daddy that she lived with in the apartment complex just up and left, took the kid and disappeared, like just vanished with their kid. And I was just like shocked. I was like, what an asshole you know like this guy goes and just takes your kid to go raise it on his own and you're fucking looking for it <laughs> um you have a second shot at life like go back to college go travel the world start a band i don't know go like get drunk and have sex with random people like a fucking normal teenager <laughs> try anal <laughs> I don't know that's my time thank you so much thank you The world's best friend. Oh, God. She was not joking about anal. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. We're going to keep this going, yeah? Hell yes. All right. This next comedian, he helped me put this whole entire show together. He is the monster of Montana. And you guys are lucky to have him here. Let's put your hands together for my good friend, Kaiser Lee. If you guys want to stop clapping, I'll get started. <laughs> Babies are terrible, right? <laughs> Babies are just tiny immigrants from the future. Whoa. And sure, right now, they just want a handout and free health care. 
but you know later on they're going to be stealing jobs from hardworking millennials. We should build a really tiny wall. If you're going to if you're going to have babies though, you should at least put them to work. Okay? It's hard cuz they don't have motor skills, but I figured out a job for them. You buy the like the little baby onesie and then on the front of it you put a dust mop. Just the whole thing. And you set the baby on your floor and then you put whatever the baby wants over here and they crawl around and they clean the floor. They're like a little baby Roomba. Right? Maybe that's why people have babies, is that Roombas cost hundreds of dollars, and babies are free. <laughs> that's some very short-term thinking, though. Because later on, the baby grows up, it has to go to soccer practice, and then other stuff in college. You know, Roombas don't have that. But imagine if they did. Right? Like you're the proud parents of the Roomba. And it, it says, I want to go to college. And you're proud because in this scenario, the Roomba is your child. And you ask, okay, Roomba, what do you want to study? It says, I want to study art history. <laughs> and you're disappointed, but you have to be supportive because in this scenario, the Roomba is your child. <laughs> And so the Roomba goes to college, and it studies all the art history, it graduates, and they give it a tiny cap, you know, and they, they cut, they trim down a gown for it, because they don't want the wheels to get caught on a real gown, and then it has, it, it goes, and it realizes that there are no jobs for art history majors, whether or not you're a sentient vacuum cleaner. And so it has to go get a job at like Starbucks maybe or retail or something. And it goes just trying real hard. But then the manager calls it in and says, Roomba, we got to talk. You, your work area is very clean. And your AI pathfinding algorithm is exceptional. But you have no hands. And so we're going to have to fire you because you can't actually do this job at all. And the Roomba is sad. The Roomba's sad. It comes back home. It's just depressedly cleaning your floor all day. But I guess we should have expected that. Because when you're a Roomba, everything sucks. <laughs> that joke is so stupid. <laughs> Uh, let's get, guys, can we put your hands together again for Mara for putting this whole thing? Uh, a whole, a whole comedy tour for domestic violence. That is just prevention for domestic violence prevention. I can't imagine somebody doing the other way. Like we raised, hey, I raised $300,000. Go hit your kids. Uh, you got you are awful people for laughing at that. That was that's not a good joke. Dating. Dating's weird for me. Uh, oh, she's on fire. Dating is weird for me cuz I'm a 31-year-old software engineer. In case you couldn't tell. Uh, but I have the daddy issues of like a 31-year-old software engineer who feels the need to do stand-up comedy. <laughs> like, 
how am I going to expect some Instagram yoga girl to replace the missing love of a 6'2 oil worker? <laughs> oh, you like, you like climbing, and you went to that music festival. How would you put out a burning well in Kuwait during the first Gulf War? <laughs> it's not fair to everybody. And even if I didn't have my dad, I'm from Montana, but I live in San Francisco. I say I'm from Montana, and what she hears is, oh, so did you, did you grow up fly fishing and riding horses and going camping a lot? No, <laughs> but I did grow up feeling totally inadequate. <laughs> you guys have seen the movie A River Runs Through It? That movie is a two-hour documentary of Brad Pitt reminding everybody else how much I am not Brad Pitt's. Only thing I got from living in Montana is an accent. And maybe you can't hear this, but I can. Like, what would you call, like, the lid of a house that has the shingles and it keeps the snow off? Yeah, you would call it a roof. That's a roof. Like, the part of the tree that goes underwater, that underground, that drinks all the water, holds the tree up? Them are roots. Or how about, what does a dog say? Dogs don't talk. <laughs> that joke is also very stupid. <laughs> Problem, babies, grow up, go to college, need jobs, have to find jobs. What do you want to be when you grow up? Not what you are now, guarantee it. Anybody, well, maybe you're a comedian, I guess. Some kids might think that would be cool. I wanted to, to be Star Trek right? Like I wanted to fly the spaceship. I was like, dad, I'm going to fly spaceships. And he was like, no, you're not. Uh, there, astronauts are a thing, but probably not for you. Uh, that, uh, so I was like, well, fine. I'll be, I'll be an airplane pirate. Uh, what did you just say? I'm going to be an airplane pirate. I'm going to fly the airplane. And presumably swashbuckle. Because those are the same, it's the same word. I thought that they would go up there and they would protect the passengers with their sword from, I don't know, from other pirates maybe. It turns out I was wrong. That is not part of an airplane pilot's job. <laughs> I still respect them though because they've got that voice, you know, that confidence, the calm. Okay, folks, we're cruising at 20,000 feet. If you look out over the right wing of the plane, you can see Mount Rainier. And that's great, except I'm sitting on the left wing of the plane, and I can't see Mount Rainier. Maybe you could turn the aircraft around, you testosterone and Xanax voice having... They don't. They just keep going. Or cops. Cops have professional voices, too. Right? Or more like professional vocabularies, I guess. They're always cop-splaining. Anytime a police officer is talking, they have to say every word they've ever heard in the same sentence. Like, the suspect comported himself with a bespoke haberdashery, which indicated his forthcoming bellicoseness. And so Officer Ramirez and myself shot him 137 times. Did you guys ever notice that Barack Obama talks exactly like an airplane pilot? Like, even today, you hear him on the TV, he's like, Okay, now, folks, if you look out over the right wing of the plane, 
you'll see a group of legislators undoing all of my policies. <laughs> the, best, the best kind of catangles, though, is rectangles. I, I, I like them, and buildings are them. And when the brick men were making the buildings, they had a bunch of little rectangles, and they put them all together. They've got small rectangles on the sides that are the windows. There's a place that people can live and they can work. It's great. It's my favorite thing. I leave my apartment rectangle. I walk on the sidewalk rectangles. I go to my work tangle where I work. I ride the elevator rectangle back up. I open the door rectangle. I sit down at my desk rectangle. I press rectangular buttons on a rectangular keyboard. I make the rectangular lights on the rectangular screen change. I do a good job. My boss gives me rectangles. <laughs> I take the rectangles to the store. I exchange them for various goods and services, some of which are rectangular. The store people give me back change. I do not like change. Change is circle money. So I do what any of you would do. I go outside and I give the circle money to the homeless. They're comfortable with it because that's what homelessness is is rectangle deficiency. You guys are great. Let's give it back to Mara. Oh my god. I just imagine you talking to your own Roomba at home. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, we're going to keep the show going, yeah? Hell yes! Okay, so our next comedian, you've seen her all over the great state of California and beyond. Uh, she's very not amused with relationships, as we heard before. And now you get to see her here. Let's put her hands together for my good friend, Devorah Casting! <laughs> guys you guys are a good crowd thank you Mara I'm so impressed by how many women here are divorced <laughs> I'm like wow I am so inspired right like how do you get divorced I can't even have a relationship that's longer than three months like I can't like you guys should feel so accomplished I've never I've never been married like you got married and you escaped. That's like some next level shit right there. Like I, I'm gonna buy that guidebook. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys, I like you guys. Like I like how the women like blue, like baby blue and pink. You guys are like the powder puff girls. You need like someone with like green hair. Oh, that's so cute. Um, yeah. So I got fired from a job earlier this year. I got fired from a pizza restaurant. Yeah. I got fired from a pizza restaurant because they told me they didn't see me moving up in the industry. <laughs> yeah. I was so devastated, guys. Like, I was planning on being the grand pizza master. <laughs> now I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. <laughs> Maybe I'll just bike across the country. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do when you have an existential crisis right i assume um, <laughs> no <laughs> it's all good 
it's all good. I I got a job at a startup though, because I'm a corporate tech slut. <laughs> Anyone else? I know I know Kaiser. Yeah, Kaiser's the number one corporate tech. Yeah, you definitely. <laughs> you look like it. <laughs> You are like the Halloween costume for corporate <laughs> text. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm like learning a lot about myself, like working at a startup though. Like it, I had to, you know, go over some hurdles and like, I don't know. Do you guys know that like LaCroix gives you so much gas oh my god <laughs> like i am learning that they just like stock up the fridges with all that shit like i swear i think like whoever made Lacroix just like has an out for techies like they are d that that water is poison like i cannot stop drinking it and my intestines are like ballooning every day and I'm like, I don't care. I don't care, I'm a corporate tech slut, I deserve this. I'm just gonna slowly kill myself inside and keep guzzling this shit. <laughs> like I think I have like 15 gas canisters just like ready to <laughs> blow up my intestines. That's no, all good guys. Um, I'm gonna switch it over though to some dark humor. Um, I, that was like my light portion of the night. <laughs> that was like my light humor. Um, yeah, I recent, I actually recently did a show on invisible disabilities, so I'm bipolar, if you couldn't tell already. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm bipolar too, not not T-O-O, like I didn't just assume you guys are all bipolar. And I'm like, I'm bipolar too, guys. Bipolar number two. So there's actually two forms of bipolar. And I was really upset when I found out that I was bipolar too. Like I was upset that I didn't make it to number one, you know? Like I'm a competitive person, guys. Like I wanna be full on crazy. I only get like the halfway crazy part. Um, yeah, like bipolar one people, when they have manic episodes, like they legit think they're like the Messiah or they can think they're like Gandhi or Jesus. Like for me, I only get mild delusions of grandeur, like Kanye West. <laughs> I mean, at least he's making the news, right? Like, I just, no, just kidding, guys. I don't want to be Kanye West. <laughs> um, yeah, but... I don't know. Like, I talk about this because I think we should get rid of the stigma. You know, people are like, we should get rid of the stigma of mental illness. And, like, I think we should get rid of the stigma. But I also think we should keep, like, a little bit of the stigma. Like, because I still want people to be a little scared of me, you know? Like, <laughs> like I want people to interact with me, but I still want them to think I'm like a crazy bitch that will like pull a knife on them at any given moment, you know? Like I like I was hosting a mic a few weeks ago and a guy approached me, like a guy I'd never seen before, and he was like, Hey, are you going to this other mic? Like, I'll give you a ride. And he was like insisting on giving me a ride, like he was persistent, and I was like, Okay, I know I have a few tools in my belt. But like, I'm just, I don't know. I just like grab some pills out of my purse. I was like, 
yeah, you could give me a ride. Just like, I need to take these pills. And he's like, whoa, what are those? And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just lithium. And he's like, whoa, I'm going to like back away slowly now. <laughs> yeah, so let's get rid of the stigma, but not to the point where people don't think I can be a crazy bitch. Um, no, like it was... It was actually a relief, like, the first time someone told me I was crazy. Because, like, I would, like, I'm generally a very, like, calm and collected person. So when I would try to tell people that I'm depressed or that I was, like, feeling super high, I'd be like, oh, my God. I'm so depressed right now. Like, I want to die. And they're like, oh, you're just, you're just being dramatic, you know, like, take a nap or whatever. <laughs> Or like my sister, this is going to be super dark, but my sister was like, if you're so depressed, like you would cut yourself. And I was just like, whoa, like I'm competitive, but I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to take it that far. Like I pass out when I see blood. Like I'm not, I mean, I like to perform a little bit, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that for you guys. Um, yeah, but it was a relief when like, someone actually told me I was crazy because my friend in college just approached me. She is like, bitch, like, look, bitch, like you are crazy. You need to get help. And I'm like, okay, thank God. Like someone actually like sees this. Cause I felt so crazy that like when no one believed me when, when I told them I was crazy. Anyways, I don't know if the rest of the show is going to be funny. I'm just like, whatever. I'm just going to talk to you guys about how I'm bipolar now. This is my therapy. <laughs> no, but comedy is my therapy. Cause I actually, I don't know. Has anyone here ever been like hospitalized for like depression or anything? Anyone want to, of course, all the comedians are like, Woo! yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I've just been hospitalized once. I mean, there have been other times where I, uh, yeah, I know I'm such a rookie and I'm like bragging about it. I know. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I've just been hospitalized once, but I actually, I didn't find it that effective because like I'm an introvert. Okay. Like, I don't know. For the most part, it's like hard for me to like make small talk or like do group exercises and stuff. And like, so when I was hospitalized, I was just like, okay, I just want to like retreat and go in like this all white room and like be in my hospital bed and be like wrapped up in those like stale sheets and like talk to nobody. And then like the hospital workers would just like knock on the door and they'd be like, hey, come on, like, we know you're depressed and there's like other depressed people here. Like, we're going to be doing some group exercises. <laughs> we'll do some games, have some fun, like, talk about your feelings. Like, you are not alone. And I'm like, what if I want to be alone? Like, <laughs> like, are you guys trying to speed up the process right now? Like, do you want me to finish the job? <laughs> I know that joke's only worked, like, once in Sacramento. <laughs> Like, are you guys running out of hospital beds? No, it's all good. Um, yeah, so I'm a bird lady. I own a bird, which I feel like makes me kind of on brand. Like, I'm a bipolar bird lady. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and I'm single and like it's been established I'm not really interested in dating like I thought I wanted to date but I've kind of lost interest and I think it's because I'm in love with my bird guys <laughs> yeah I feel like me and my bird are a lot alike because one time I took my bird to like a bird daycare place <laughs> and he had an opportunity to make some other bird friends and like another bird was even like serenading him and like singing a little song and like my bird just started like inching away he's like <laughs> I'm like like he even had a chance to get a girlfriend and he just like edged away and like went straight for her food and I'm like that is a man after my own heart <laughs> I love food okay you guys are an awesome crowd my name is Devorah <laughs> thank you Mara Don't you worry, we are scared of you. All right, uh, hey, Francis Bacon kept uh, Bird as a wife. Did you know that? Yeah, fucked a pigeon. All right, uh, <laughs> it's in his book, it's true, yeah. Um, he also tried to pretend like he didn't fuck dudes. All right, so our, are you guys ready for the headliner, Kaiser? Are you guys ready? You're talking, are you ready, Kaiser? Okay, thank you. Uh, well, we're a small, but um, you could share. Like, is there a note that you want to pass around? Something happening? Steve Swenson? I know. Jeez, what's going on? All right, so we're going to have our headliner come up, yeah? Nice! Okay, he came here all the way from Los Angeles. He has spent several, several months in a mental hospital. Uh, <laughs> he's now fucking after a year-long celibacy. Uh, and these are all... <laughs> <laughs> and these are all the things that I know. Uh, so let's put our hands together for my good friend, Johnny Lozada! His hands in his pockets, hungrily trod down the block. But we'd heard of that new place, the one with the... <laughs> theme music. Everybody's been so personal tonight. Good evening. I have a child. He's 11 years old. He's an asshole. He's a piece of shit. He told his teacher, I have him 50% of the time. So for school nights, I have him every Monday and Tuesday. He told his teacher that he can't do homework on Monday and Tuesday nights. <laughs> They asked him, why can't you do homework on Monday and Tuesday nights? He said, because on those nights, I go to AA. <laughs> he outed me to the school. The operating value in that acronym is anonymous. <laughs> As it turns out, the principal found out as well, but he didn't tell the principal, which means a conversation occurred between the teacher and the principal that went, hey, uh, I got one of my students, my fourth grade 11-year-old students 
is in Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> and allegedly, homework threatens his sobriety. <laughs> is he sober at 11? We don't know, but he's a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I like to imagine my son at an AA meaning speaking. My name is John Luke. I'm a sober member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Let me tell you my story. I had my first drink at one. My first DUI at two. They impounded my big wheels. I was introduced to Oxycontin at three and it was all downhill from there. Anybody here from a successful family? No? Everybody's degenerates? You want to hear about my family? We've been talking about sex, anal, you've just put everything's out there. I want to piggyback on so much. All right, you want a sex story? You want psych ward or family shit? Figured it would go there. All right, in 2009, I had a casual encounter with suicide, and I went to Charles MGH Hospital in Boston. They uh, stitched me back together and threw me the back of an ambulance and sent me to McLean Mental Institute for a week. What they do there is pump you with a bunch of psychiatric medication that affects your blood pressure. So they're constantly checking your blood pressure. Why is that significant? Well, for three days out of the five days I was in there, I had wood. <laughs> Problem is, you wear pajamas in the psych ward. <laughs> Guys learn the tuck at around the age of 15 when these things spontaneously erupt. Jeans, ideal. Belt, amazing. Pajamas, useless. <laughs> and I tried the tuck, but the elastic was so weak that my penis just pushed my pants down. <laughs> and so I'm just dick out in the psych ward, shuffling around. It looked like I lost the will to live and then realized my calling was to fuck. Everyone. Custodians, you're looking down at the ground. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Jesus, it was so fucking weird. We had this one girl, Sarah. She was clairvoyant. She had tarot cards in the psych ward. For the life of me, how they let tarot cards through, I can't understand. They took my belt, they took my laces so that I wouldn't kill myself. I wasn't allowed to shave, you know, because of the razors, but this fucking girl's got tarot cards. If there's ever a group of people that don't need to hear about their past lives, future reincarnations, or how they're gonna die and become a princess, it's the fucking people in a psych ward. <laughs> We had this, uh, there was one guy um, who would uh, shuffle around. He was like 6'3", um, Brady Bunch haircut, 
tight, like like short green running shorts and a bright orange t-shirt. And he would pray and he'd just go, Jesus, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, saints and angels, saints and angels, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. And it was just in your background. So you'd be sitting there talking to everybody and it would sound like a race car. We were on the South Wing. South Wing was the depressed kill yourself. West, West Wing was uh, auditory hallucinations, schizophrenics, they were a party. My, 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 my wing was very quiet, very, very meditative. But all you'd hear in the background is Jesus, Mary, Joseph. Pray for pray, saints and angels, saints and angels, Jesus, Mary, Joseph. And we had this one guy that would sneak up and he was paranoid schizophrenic and he'd come over your shoulder and he'd shuffle up. And the mic, the mic doesn't work, it can't do the effect. He'd get up real close to you and then he'd say, the lasagna will kill you. <laughs> and he'd shuffle back in the background. And he'd come up later and say something like, they're hiding the Captain Crunch. <laughs> he said the Captain Crunch thing and the next day they were out of fucking Captain Crunch. <laughs> Do you think I touched the lasagna after that? <laughs> The fucking paranoid schizophrenic's right, you know? <laughs> who else was in there? We had this one guy who had auditory hallucinations, so it was, I'll try to impersonate it, but it, it would just, have you ever heard, have you ever been around somebody who hears voices, schizophrenics, anybody? No? But it, we'd be playing whatever game and then it would be. I'd be like, that was a joke. It was great. Oh, my roommate. Who's seen uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Next? Great. Okay. Great. You guys love that movie? Yeah. Awesome. All right. If your roommate, pick an ethnicity that you would absolutely love to see in a psychiatric hospital. I need your help here, people. I need, need, need some. An ethnicity. African-American. No, based on One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, the Indian. Indian. Thank you. Native American, but we'll go with Indian. <laughs> it's a, you got to pass. You got to pass. If you're under 30, you got to say, you got to pass. <laughs> Goddamn Indians. Um, I get into my room, and there's a guy... Uh, he looked like Buddha, so he's, he's up on his bed, but he's leaned against the wall, and he's, and he's just drooling. They had Depakote, whatever the fuck they've gotten this guy. They've got him out, because they don't want the liability of this guy killing himself. His arms look like tiger stripes. Dude would hack, like cut. He had old scabs, old, new scabs and old scars. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, you know, bedtime with, uh, with, with, <laughs> with the slasher. And for two, three days, he's lit, hasn't moved. They've got this guy drugged the fuck out. And on the very last day, I'm packing, and I hear, uh, I'm packing here, and I go, he, I hear, hey, dude, and I jump out my ass. <laughs> and uh, I was like, fuck. And he goes, w you headed out? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. Jesus, you're alive. And he goes, all right, well, uh, well, oh, this is good. Sorry to miss you, man. And he goes, I'll see you around. And I was like, I don't think so, man. I don't think you're making it out of 2009. I don't think half the people in here have got, you know, are making it out of the summer. I got to crack my journal. There's more characters in there 
but I rarely, rarely talk about this shit on stage because it's fucking, it's fucking weird. And it's hard to do. It's hard to be like, so. I did it after Anthony Bourdain killed himself. I went, I was like, I ran, I ran out of time. It, the guy was giving me more time. My friends were in the stage. And I was like, where's my fucking light? And Anthony, I was trying to be topical. And I was like, well, so Anthony Bourdain killed himself. <laughs> fucking crickets, you know? And I went into it. It worked out all right. <laughs> My family's really successful. My dad has uh, three master's degrees. He's published two books. He's a, he had a small business that's very successful, uh, very lucrative. He's currently a deacon in the Holy Roman Catholic Church. He speaks German. My mom's a doctor. She retired and got bored. She used to do service trips down to Haiti. And then out of boredom, she's now becoming a psychologist at the University of Pennsylvania. Brother went to Notre Dame, does finance. He's on Wall Street, makes a shit ton of money, lived around the world, used to live in Africa. My sister, Oxford, Penn, Fulbright scholarship to Bulgaria to study religious pluralism in a post-communist Eastern European country, worked in the White House under the Bush administration, and plays the fucking oboe. <laughs> Never in an orchestra, just plays the oboe for the fuck of it. <laughs> Gets advanced degrees from, what's that school? Harvard, master's, doctorate. That's where she meets my brother-in-law, a Marine, amphibious assault platoon squad fucking leader. Undergrad at Georgetown, current CEO of a robotics company in Massachusetts, and ran for Congress against Barney Frank a few years back and almost won. I tell jokes. <laughs> I'm not the black sheep of the family. I'm the fucking black hole of the family. Oh. <laughs> of course, I'm not without my accomplishments. I did meet a waitress from the Rainbow Room when I was 23 at Bally's Total Fitness and got her pregnant. So there's that. Let's tell you a story about my friend Patrick. He, uh, I love this, how useless this is. This is good. This, how does this that, actually, that actually records, that actually records. This is all being recorded? <laughs> on, on what, the mutiny, give me a heads up. That's fine, good, I'm anonymous, because I don't want to be fucking out, you know, you know, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these principles. Anyway. <laughs> what, better jokes? Jesus Christ. Fuck, dude is lit, better radio. Um, no, my friend Patrick, uh, he told me the worst joke I've ever heard, the most offensive joke I've ever heard in my fucking life. Uh, later that day, I was on the phone with a director. So this director's got me pegged to write a faith-based family film. I have a degree in theology, this is right up my alley. And the director says, Johnny, I got a joke. I said, fuck, two in one day. How great. Go ahead. He says, it goes like this. Lady goes to a pet store looking for a parrot. Sees one on sale for $20. Pet store owner says, that one's, I got to warn you about that one. It used to live in a brothel, so it says some weird things. So the lady says, ah, no problem. She brings the parrot home. Parrot sees the business. She's, the parrot goes, new madame new business she laughs it off 
then the lady's daughters come home and the parent says well new business new madame new girls laughs it off lady's husband comes home and the parrot says well new business new madame new girls hey keith it's a good joke and then the director says to me this is 100 percent true he says heard any good jokes lately and patrick's fucking joke comes into my mind into my mouth and to the director of the faith-based family film. I said, they found the cause of pedophilia, sexy kids. <laughs> the status of me writing the faith-based family film is currently pending. Hey, director, just following up, are we still a green light on the project? How much time is that? Uh, two minutes or one minute, two minutes? What else do we talk about? There's the bipolar disorder. I already did the psych ward. What more do you want? A sex story? Sure. So I have like the Christian background. So before I start became a full-blown alcoholic, I was uh, deeply involved in evangelical Christianity for a couple of years until they fired me for having sex with my girlfriend. God was no longer calling me to be a youth minister, you say. So a lot of friends have been like, you got to do, you got to do material on, uh, on fucking being a Christian. And, you know, I know scripture really well. I know theologians, all that shit. And I finally folded and I've got a bit that I'll give to you. It's brand new. I've done it once before and I really have a hard time keeping a straight phrase through it, but I'll try it. <laughs> I was in a strip club with my bisexual Mexican ex-girlfriend. This girl loved girls. We met a stripper named Velvet. Her real name was Rose. We go into the VIP room and they start hooking up and it turns into a three-way. It's great. I get, you know, fuck, I'm fucking this up. It's new, it's new. A three-way starts and St. Paul's letter to the Philippians comes to mind. Chapter four, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Velvet gets really into me and decides, I want to have sex with Johnny. So she pulls my dick out and puts it inside of her. And I get really concerned. This is raw, unprotected sex with a stripper. I might get VD. I might get stripper baby. I realized I had to have faith. Now, what is faith? St. Paul teaches us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of things unseen. <laughs> and lo and behold, I didn't get an STD and I didn't have a baby. Truly, Colossians 2, 9 was right. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, what God has in store for those who love him. Thank you. <laughs>
amazing as an audience and and as a participant in this charity we love you so much uh thank you guys for coming out uh it's thursday night go get wasted all right see you later <laughs> those things now forgotten on that crooked road between good and gone come with me he says there's a place you can go where nothing is shackled by fear. What the hell do we know about anything really? All that was and what will be is here. Whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from, apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm. For more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian Haight-Ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics gotta hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all, classic vinyl albums with no apologies, great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal! Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? 
That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Find that common thread. We don't, 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 don't. 